Welcome to The Label Podcast, a show about disability, illness and difference. I'm Lucy. And I'm Alice. Don't forget in this episode, I might swear, Lucy might cry, and you can check out details of the trigger warnings on our website. Hi guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Labelled Podcast. Today is a very special episode for me and Alice, because we are joined by some other podcasters. They've heard about um, how well we're doing, and I think they want to start the pie. <laughs> Never mind the fact that the boys have had hugely famous people on and we're just like, oh yeah, I asked my mate from around the corner to come and talk to us. <laughs> All right, Alice. Good thing. We, ha- we have had some famous people on, but the person who's got the most listens is Tom's mum. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Is she available for hire? <laughs> <laughs> Jack, Tom, do you want to introduce yourselves, please? Oh, I'd love to. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Jack from, uh, yeah, the podcast is called Challenging Behaviours, so it's old but very infrequent. Uh, I myself, uh, so I've worked uh, with people with um, learning disabilities and autism as well as physical disabilities for, I think, more than pretty much half my life, which is a awful thought. But <laughs> I have to a point where you can have been you can have been working in a way for half a life. That's a, that's a <laughs> grim moment. Oh and, please! I mean, I'm not even had half a life. Are we get... witnessing here the birth of a midlife crisis? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, uh, yeah, I I have dyspraxia and dystonia as well. So I have some of my own lived experience as well as um, working with uh, disabled people. So. Get it from all angles. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm Tom. Uh, I also have worked not for nearly as long as Jack, but since I was sixteen, volunteering slash then working for the same place that Jack now works. Um, that's how we met. And I also have family experience of autism and sort of yeah. Just we started this podcast like Jack said three years ago, and just infrequently chat about anything and everything disability related really like there's not a topic we wouldn't wouldn't try that's kind of how i'd sell us if i had to sell us i guess we talk about any old shit that's <laughs> <laughs> pretty much i think that's the kind of thing uh, like we go is there anything you want to talk about and if they say yes then that's fine if they say no we're like right let's go for it and just see where this takes us my mum has a phrase that always makes me a little bit uncomfortable but it's suck it and see like... yeah my mum my mum uses that one as well uh, that always... does make me feel a bit uh, yeah it's not something you want your mum to say no not really so um jack uh... tom <laughs> <laughs> Probably yeah. says more about where our minds go than anything else. But well, yours, <laughs> um, Jack, Tom. Um, what made you go? Oh, let's. You know, we're friends now. Let's start a podcast because the way me and Alice said, 
oh we're friends now let's start a podcast. well it was like do you want to start a podcast yeah do you want to start a podcast yeah, yeah. let's see if we we could be friends yeah. and then we'll make a podcast if it works so you guys became friends first what made you go oh let's let's make a podcast about this well there used to be a third we sent someone <laughs> okay. for Adam. he's alive i made it sound like he's dead <laughs> he's, he's alive rarely seen I, he's very hairy now that's I, it's kind of like someone could disappear on a island for a long time and the next time you see them like tom hanks and castaway that's, that's how frequently i see him is every time i see him he's got to a new level of hairiness um okay and Basically, it was him and Tom that actually started it, and basically, <laughs> I had some equipment, so like, oh, let's gotta get this plan. Yeah, you made the you made a mistake there when you said that we're friends. Jack just has the mics. I mean, it's, <laughs> kind of, it's just that, isn't it? Do you actually like secretly hate one another? Is this like... Yeah, it's not a secret. But yeah. <laughs> no, I think um, we did it almost like like you were saying, where it was sort of like we just wanted to chat about things, and we kind of. I know you guys will know as like a disability podcast, like there is a lot going on all the time mm. and it's not really getting mainstream coverage or even getting the discussions that any of these areas warrant. And we've not touched, I mean, even in three years of intermittent podcasting, we've barely touched on a, a tenth of them. Like there's so many things you can talk about. So we kind of just tried it basically me and Adam and then Jack sort of i guess i mean as i remember jack you were interested in podcasts anyway and worked with us anyway so it was like yeah get involved and initially i think you weren't even gonna you weren't necessarily gonna talk in the first episode you were like i'll do the sound stuff but then once you heard the great discussion you had <laughs> and i think um it's just developed from there really like the first few episodes we have are, are very different to what we now do but the yeah. kind of crux of the whole thing and the reason we set it up i guess is that this is something that we're very passionate about and something that doesn't get the coverage that it deserves and kind of should get more. So we just kind of, I guess, just decided to have a go at it and stuck with it, really. All right, I think as well, it's basically you and Adam were talking and you were drinking and you're basically <laughs> having one of those moments where like, this is so good, we should record it. <laughs> <laughs> so good, I guess it reached that level. Stuff. It reached that. We should record it. And then the first episode is one of the worst audio experiences anyone ever had. <laughs> I think it was funny. You know, you get those microphones that look like a like a pencil. Yeah, yeah. It's like I think he recorded it on one of those kind of things, right? Like you're like you're at the UN or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, and yeah, yeah to begin much. with, it was it was really just mainly focused on learning disability. But as it kind of went on, and actually, it was really kind of focused on working with mm. Uh, mm. disabled people to begin with. And we were talking about the structures, and we did like a whole episode about like various how various professionals come in and it was kind of very kind of focused on that but as it kind of just went on it just kind of evolved because you know trying to just keep to such a niche area within disability mm -hmm. doesn't quite work like in a way like because there's it's such a vast field to kind of we used to <laughs> that was an old catchphrase the field <laughs> uh, uh, to kind of cover like it we just found that trying to kind of keep it into this one little box of like working uh, with learned disabled people and autistic people, it didn't quite work. And it's just expanded and, you know, started to try and be as all encompassing as we can, which can be very challenging. Like yeah. 
in any kind of disability activism because there are so many different views and wants and needs and things that are going on. So it's really quite challenging to kind of stick to one area without naturally expanding. I think it's really hard as well as somebody who does work in like the social care profession that so many, so few people have just, especially if it's a person who is at the level where there's kind of regular professional interventions that they there's so few people who actually only have one issue to contend with so you and you know it kind of ripples out because you don't just have the ld professionals involved you also have physio professionals involved and then you have professionals regarding you know safeguarding and you have professionals regarding legal rights and then you know it just it is as you say ever expanding because i guess a person's a person with a disability even if they only have one disability or condition you know it it crosses across their whole experience of life and everything that they touch and also as well the fact we I mean we've had people on our podcast before so i've got cerebral palsy and then we've had other people with cerebral palsy whose experience mm. of cerebral palsy is absolutely completely different to mine and so therefore so you think well we've already done cerebral palsy well you haven't really you've had one experience of which is great (laughs) great for concept for the podcast but it is a bit of a minefield as to 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 go okay so which area are we going to focus on here so when we are looking for guests we always say is there any one specific topic you want to talk about because otherwise we could be here for like a week doing one episode. It's just like... And we've just um, finished recording a autism aware awareness series. So we've got five episodes looking at autism. And I sort of started off um, projecting, like when I proposed it, thinking, okay, we'll have we'll have an episode on, on a specific topic related to autism. But just because we were talking to people with autism and... Obviously, they all have, you know, different experiences. There's so much overlap and there was so much just talking and it extending into other things that it really has not. It's it's not going to be a series of this is an episode about autism and gender. This is an episode about autism and representation. It's very much. It's more like these are episodes about autism. Yeah, it really is. So it's something we've always kind of thought as well. There's the kind of attitude we've always had towards it is there's no topic that's too niche. Like we'd happily talk to do an episode, talk to someone with a disability, just that's giving their experience of, I don't know, fridges, like, (laughs) (laughs) like, um, (laughs) like just because hearing about those experiences and hoping other people listening does sometimes happen with our podcast. Um, (laughs) you know, it just kind of, opens your eyes to maybe things you hadn't considered before like mm. one example is like and it i've i mean learned so much from doing this podcast you know and that's really what why we do it i think oh, that's where i've started to begin with it was like you know we were obviously we were you know keen to raise awareness and things like that but there was an element because there is a bit of a novelty when you first start a podcast of being like 
<laughs> I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, I think we're still there, aren't we? We're, yeah. still in that, we're still in that honeymoon period. Have we got a podcast? Did you know I've got a podcast? We're yeah, right. start, starting to go, God, this is hard work, isn't it? <laughs> the shine is slowly um, wearing it off. But then as it goes on, the reason we were like really like doing it, at least I'm speaking for us both here, Tom. Yeah, I'm okay <laughs> I imagine that. it's the same. It's actually was just learning like from what people were talking. Like basically yeah. it was just an excuse for us to learn. Um, and like, I remember one thing that, you know, we it's a chance for us to challenge our own kind of ableism. And there's some things where, which seem so obvious. And it's like, I can't believe I hadn't even considered mm-hmm. that as being an issue. So we had a guy called Gavin Neat on one time and he's big in like tech and yeah. stuff. And he's trying to make yeah. Uh, the world a lot more accessible and he was just talking about um how you know wheelchair users may find things like the pressing the traffic button on the on the lights mm. um the button to do the road crossing uh, that mm. as they can be positioned in like really awkward and diff- difficult places like that seems so obvious but it's something i never had even like jack can i can I just interrupt you here with a, quite a funny story that I oh, think yes, you'll please. find quite entertaining. <laughs> so um, when I was at sixth form at school, when I was at school, uh, we went. For, I went from doing GCSEs and everything like that to a more independent living style of learning, which drove me up the wall because I was just like, I want to. Why am I not? Why am I not doing more exams? Um, because I'm a nerd. Um, but one day they said, oh, we're going out into town today. And I was like, oh, where are we going? The pub. Uh, no, you're going to uh, use the pedestrian crossing button so that we can take photographs. And then this will be evidence that you can cross the road and you'll get a certificate in it. Yeah. So I have got a certificate in how to cross the road. <laughs> I know how to do that. Wow. There was a long time as well. So obviously underneath, um, you know, the uh, buttons, there's the spinning thing. The cone, yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you, and there's still people today that believe that's there for you to spin to make the lights change quicker. I know, I know. You have people who don't actually know what that (laughs) thing's used to. And they think, yeah, they've just installed a light quick enough. I've heard that idea before because I do use those. Um, I always, whenever I touch them, I always think, I dread to think how dirty this is. Yeah. And I've heard that, but I, the fact that I just love the idea that this, there are people out there who thought, yeah, the 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 transport like department thought, (laughs) department for transport thought, you know what the UK needs. An ability for drunk pedestrians to change the lights faster. The only thing is, they must just, might think it's just working on like like cogs and clockwork. Doing <laughs> <laughs> this thing, speeding up the mechanism. <laughs> oh, um. <laughs> I, I mean, I think as disabled people, though, as people with you know physical and sensory disabilities, we definitely still have those. Oh shit! I never thought of it like that. Moments. Because there is an element of you don't think outside of your bubble. I mean, I do it with, you know, non-disability related things with my husband all the time. I will say something and he'll just look at me like, no, it's, you know, I was going to do this. And I mean, that's probably just because he's incredibly logical and practical and I'm just all over the place. 
I just say stupid things all the time, and that's got nothing to do with my cerebral palsy. <laughs> I am just an idiot, basically. But I do think, yeah, and I think that's one of the things that we wanted to sort of challenge in um, our show is that everybody, like, I think there's a lot of worry amongst straight white people that they're going to say something <laughs> wrong and they've got to be really careful. But actually, yeah. don't be afraid to take part in the conversation because you're worried about putting your foot in it because and, we do and, it ourselves. Yes. And also, don't be frightened of the fact that you're going to upset us because if you get too close to the knuckle, I'll tell you about it mm. and you won't do it again <laughs> by the time I've finished with you. And you know, it's, you know, having one awkward experience to learn from is, you know, the value there is, like, there's no what, what, one experience that would be so awkward where you feel like you've put your foot in it isn't going to no. be worth the learning that you would get from having that conversation with someone. Um, when I used to work with young people, um, I, and they'd always look at me like I was an alien with four heads and, you know, six noses. I always used to say, like, if you want to ask me a question about why I am in this wheelchair, then do it and don't be afraid if it comes out sounding like you're a bit stupid because I have heard every stupid question in the book and then some. Um, and that kind of helped a little bit, I think. You know, there was all, young people always used to go, can I catch what you've got? And I'm like, no, um, because if you could, I'd probably be like E.T. when he has to go in that hazmat house, you know, with all the, like, nobody touch her. Um, but it, and it is those, those quite, I mean, if you've never come into contact with a disabled person before, you are going to have, you know, you are going to have the odd silly question. I do think that there is a difference between kids asking a stupid question and adults not necessarily thinking things through logically. Like, yeah, I definitely get a lot of questions about, like, well, how do you manage picking up your dog's poo and I'm like well if I can't see it I've got a nose that works <laughs> and the number of times I've had to have that conversation with people where they've kind of gone oh yeah and it's like just just use a little bit of brain power before asking your question is there a blatantly obvious answer to what I'm about to ask you so that I don't have to bother this nice lady while she's going about her day it's it's like when people are surprised by what I've managed to achieve. So the other day, um, I had to ring uh, a part of a, a part a broken off piece of my equipment that I use at home, and I rung the service to come and like give me get me a new one, and they rung me back and they were like, "Are you going to be in tomorrow, Wednesday?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "You sure, aren't you?" And I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "No, you you're sure, aren't you?" I was like, "Yeah," because I I'm here. What a there's a pandemic on and B, I'm at work. I work from home. And he was like, oh, you work? And I'm like, yes. It's like, and that was even, that was on the phone. That was like, he couldn't see me, couldn't make any judgment, but he just automatically went, oh, you work? As if to say, oh, I didn't think you'd, you'd do anything. You wait for us all day. And I'm like, no, you, you come early in the morning. That, 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 those kinds of assumptions always irritate me a little bit. Because you think, you know, I can do stuff. I just can't walk. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, you know, we found in the podcast, like, even though we've uh, tried to make, cover such a wide range of different kind of topics and things, often there are some 
things we seem to say in every single podcast episode. Um, and one of them is, you know, um, kind of referring back to, I can't, someone said, you know, a lot of people feeling like they have no kind of interactions with disabled people mm. at all. And that's something we always come around to is like, you know, and we, this is like when we've been focusing on like education and stuff is, you know, not having that kind of inclusion you have at, at, yeah. like at a school, for example, when you're younger and you can learn these things and then you don't ask these, you know, potentially slightly insensitive questions, which, you know, you, people will ask not realizing, you know, mm. it's in a kind of ableist kind of frame of mind because they're just like, not thinking about it really as face effects they're yeah. just like oh this this question's popped into my head rather than try and think about it myself i'm just gonna ask <laughs> um and that's kind of something we've kind of aimed to do with the podcast and i meant you know and the same with your podcast is that people will listen to it and they will you know maybe hopefully learn from you know what was being talked about and pass that on to other people and like it hopefully use some of the stuff they potentially learn in our podcast as they're kind of going about on their daily business. I'm saying a lot, but Tom is now going to say the most mind-blowing <laughs> uh, piece of input. No pressure, Tom. Yeah. I would say as well that part of like being a good ally and like the podcast for us at least, and again, I feel weird saying that we're good allies because we don't know that we just assume <laughs> we just assume we just uh, put our voice out there um i think it's it it's sort of the there are moments i can think of in our podcast where i've like feel like we've got it spot on and that's always like i think being able to recognize that and trying to like build from there is something that i think we don't necessarily explicitly talk about but i think we both have in mind so like the my life my choice one which is like a local self-advocacy charity that we've both done work with that one. We had three members of trustees of the charity on with us. And it was just like a really good fun chat for an hour mm. and an hour and a half, an hour. And sort of it flew by for us. We like, we're friends with them anyway, but it was just chatting to friends. And I think when you look back at what you've actually put out as a group, like the five of us put out a really good piece of kind of obvious clear message that this is how it should be and that mm. we just had a good laugh we had a good chat and we covered some important political topics but i think like as a podcast like an ally podcast i guess if you want to call it that it's like creating that space where we can also just talk as mates with people who don't always get the chance to sort of mm. have that experience put out there like the number of podcasts there are and i know me and jack talk about this a lot i mean with with two straight white males like and that's not the best podcast out, but that's pretty much most podcasts that do well it used to be three um, straight white males yeah so. exactly so i guess we're getting better in that sense um, <laughs> but the we, we we're not the best at representation in that sense but we also have the potential and the guests we can get on to really put like conversations out into the podcast space that is dominated by sort of straight white able body to use that word group so it's it's good and the one thing I will say, Deborah Francis White off of the um, Guilty Feminist podcast does, you know, for for all of their problems with straight white men, some of my favourite husbands are straight white men. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's 
I'm not yeah I don't think it's it's an issue in itself I guess just the podcast space hmm. is so dominated by not disabled people that actually the few podcasts we've had well, a fair few with guests where we've just put these conversations out into a space that they aren't always put out to I think that's like one of the best things we can do with yeah. our platform yeah absolutely you know, I also think as well this is what I feel having done the first I mean, we're not even 10 episodes in, so I'm, I make it sound like we've been doing it five years. But We've recorded I, a lot. We just haven't we released have. a lot. Yeah, You're probably getting close to our number, because yeah, we're only... Honestly, we're about in 30 three episodes. and a half years, about 30 episodes. So. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, I, I reckon we've surpassed that in how many we've recorded. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't, don't mean to show you up or anything. Um... <laughs> Yes. What I am, it's, it's, what I am... it's quality, not quantity. <laughs> oh, then you've got um... to beat there too. <laughs> You're such a kiss ass. <laughs> you probably got to come off this and like slag it off. Just you if you're yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is dog shit. <laughs> um, but what I uh, what I do really like about being able to have a podcast and invite people on is is to to not, you know, we can show the other side of disability. So we're not saying you're an, ins we don't like sit there and go, aren't you brilliant? You're an inspiration and you're a Paralympic athlete. And oh my God, you know, it's just so inspiring. We just go, you're disabled and you're still, you know, not still, but you, you're disabled and you're also doing great things, but you're also a human being. <laughs> so like, there's a lot of like, it's not even us saying anything to people. Quite often no. what we're doing is going, you do the talking and we'll try not to interrupt you too much. Yeah. The, the way we've always kind of phrased it is we just want to be a, like a megaphone, like, yeah, um, and just provide, provide, I, I wouldn't describe us as having a platform, even though we do, but I think people often say that as like, you've got a platform, that means you have loads of people around, whereas we have a platform as in we have a, we've got a thing <laughs> uh, to help kind of do that. And then, you know, to then also kind of repeat the kind of things that we've learned along the way. Like, you know, like you can get like Wi-Fi signal repeaters, like yeah. we're just taking what we you know learn and then we're just doing that not just in the podcast but everywhere like um i wouldn't say we're not we're not really twitter active at all but uh if we were to be that is the kind of thing we would be doing. <laughs> uh, I, I guess as well that not to go against what jack said because i think jack is completely right you we do bastard <laughs> we do we do try and project and you know there are people obviously who know more about the, the number of topics we've covered we can't possibly know a lot about all of them but i think there are also moments where we get to sort of reflect and discuss and bring these things together which is kind of i would say the bit as, as podcasters that we do where we do semi earn the earn the listens we get in yeah. a way where it's not just feeding off someone else's um guesswork and i think that's another opportunity again with this ally stuff of like making the connections that you know people know about but don't necessarily say and reflecting on and i guess as we're moving i mean the buzzword of like intersectionality which is really big at the moment but like making those links that mm. the, the everyone's experiences are different and that's really important in, in the disabled podcast scene as well so like i think yeah. that's where you can also be a really good ally because 
you know, I'm not as yeah, I'm not disabled myself, but I can still make the link from podcasts we've done about different people's experiences, as we said, but also not just between different disabilities, but also between being a white disabled person and a black disabled mm. person or a middle class disabled person and a working class disabled person. Like these links are still really important. And I guess, again, just being a good ally and being mindful of that and mindful of where you can draw stuff in to help hopefully pursue more guests and more conversations. Like, I think that's a useful skill. One of our main kind of, um, I don't know if objectives is the right word. Sounds a bit wanky. Uh, but one of our main obje- objectives was um, for people who aren't involved in disability activism mm, or yeah. disabled like circles, so, <laughs> I don't know, um, <laughs> to to listen to it. Yeah. But, yeah. And that's, I, can... I mean, I guess the goal of any kind of. Um, disability-based activism podcast, anything like that. That's what everyone is kind of aiming for, for it to become a bit more mainstream and to be issues that are talked about alongside, like, the things Tom was saying in terms of uh, intersectionality. Like, you know, we there's so much... Oh, I was about to say content. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but there's so many things that cover, like... Uh, race lgbtq you know but in terms of disability like if you're thinking like mainstream podcasts i mean there are so many podcasts out there (laughs) what constitutes as mainstream anymore there's probably more podcasts than human beings um i don't know about that there is a fairly serious overpopulation problem in the world everybody says like you know, when I go, oh, I've got a podcast, they look at me like, yeah, and so is everybody yeah, else. So is I know. Yeah. I'm, yeah. If you were born after 1984, you have to have a podcast. It's like having a GCSE. You can't get a regular yeah. job. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask, like, how easy do you find it to get guests on, like, you know, to come and talk to you? Because we've, you know, it's it's been... I don't want to brag or anything, but <laughs> when we when when we set the the podcast up, we were all a bit like, "Oh, it's going to be really difficult to find people who want to to help." And I was envisaging having to talk to my disabled friends for at least a year before we yeah. got going with anybody outside of that sort of group of people that I knew. So, how easy do you to find it as podcasters to get guests on? And have you ever come across anybody where you've gone, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, kind of thing? Oh, this is a well, perfect opportunity to name yeah. drop as well. Well, this is the thing. Um, so, I got given some great advice once by a guy. Uh, I'm trying to think of his name. His name is Timon Singh. He wrote a book. Uh, Called, I'm gonna give him a little plug here just because I'm always really grateful okay. for this advice he gave me. Called Born to Be on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, it's called Born to Be Bad. And basically, he just interviewed a bunch of uh, actors who played villains in 80s action films. Wow. <laughs> and they made a book out of it. Um, and I met him uh, at a podcast festival, and he was just saying, like, if you, if there's something that someone wants to talk about, they'll probably do it. And that, like, just that's what kind of, kind of just on to go on to ask maybe some people we never thought we'd be able to talk to and the first person we got as a result of that advice was uh rj mitty who was in breaking bad like who would i wouldn't have even thought of even trying to ask him before that 
Um, no, we made a joke um, when, because I'm quite late to the party uh, with Breaking Bad. We'd already, I think, started the um, pod, and I messaged Lucy and was like, "Come on, several palsy people all know each other. You must, you." And I literally, that was the only way that I kind of envisaged us being able to have somebody like that on the show. But the idea, and that- I was like, and I also clarified this was about eleven o'clock at night, and she just said. <laughs> Can you get hold of RJ Mitty? I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? I, think, I think as well, like, um, so first of all, I'm going to preface this with Jack gets all the guests pretty much. Okay. And that's all on him, 99% of them. I think the other thing is that we, through our work outside of the podcast and sort of just things we've done in the past and then the podcast itself, like we're in a niche of the disability community, like the learning disability community specifically, that is just so welcoming, so engaging, so interested in what we're putting out in a really yeah. productive and, you know, constructive criticism, things like that. And like, we've got a lot of people who follow us on Twitter who followed us from the start, who are sort of academics, disabled people, all sorts of different people from all sorts of walks of life who are really involved in the scene and they want nothing more than us to just do well and I think that's like I think me and Jack would be sort of we'd be wrong not to acknowledge that and how we've kind of got the guests we've got because the start of the guests I know Jack laughs about um, my mum being like one of our top (laughs) listens but like things like that where like my mum came on and then academics we know who follow us came on and, and that's like the sort of two types of guests, I guess, where you've got the big names like RJ Mitty and Sally Phillips who come on and they're amazing. And then you've also got people who aren't necessarily household names, but come on and give you really interesting in-depth conversations. Like we had Chris Hatton on over the lockdown and that was all about the statistics around learning disability and COVID. Mm. And it was like one of the most wow. like mind-blowing hours of podcasts we've done and not slamming Chris Hatton. I'm sure he wouldn't mind if I said he's not like a household name. But I think that's really important as well as that we have got very lucky that we're in with a specific crowd. Like we say this a lot, the disabled community is quite fractured, like the learning disabled community as well. Like that there's a lot of fighting and a lot of groups that want different things and people that attach themselves to charities that other people wouldn't even begin to attach themselves to and things like that. And we're in, I think Jack would agree, we're in with like a specific group, but they're very, very supportive and very they their, their politics are the same as ours and essentially they've just pushed this podcast further than we personally could as a two i think right. by just being supportive and and that snowball effect so i think we yeah. <laughs> if any of them are listening now i think they'll know who they are like we kind of have to reference them like as oh, yeah, one yeah. of the reasons we've had so many great guests because we're just very lucky that we've had that support and um i think you guys will know like pe- the wider disabled community as well it's like it's such a supportive group of people who really want to help and if you if they know that you're doing it for the right reasons, which I think me and Jack made relatively clear in the first few episodes <laughs> that we weren't exactly, we, we don't have like massive advertisements every 20 seconds in the podcast. We're not raking in money from it or anything like that. We just we lose money. Just, yeah, we, we basically <laughs> lose money making it. Um, well, Jack does. I don't ever get. Yeah. I don't ever get. I should Round actually. <laughs> that's, um, is it how much is it? Seven pounds or something? Seven pounds um, a month. Um. I probably owe you a lot of money now that that's come out. No, I, I don't know how much this out. podcast thing is. I was just going to say that. It's clearly fucking £7 a month. But, yeah, I think we... I spent um... that on coffee, I don't finish. <laughs> I think, yeah, that that's something for guests where the the underlier, like the, the people that come on that aren't necessarily household names, but give us really great stuff, are like yeah. as important to us as the 
the chasing those like Sally Phillips and Tanny Gray Thompson and people that like make your friends go, what you had them? Like yeah, there's yeah. two, two different types of guests. And I think both are really important to us. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's, it's very, you have to be very um, careful to find the right balance. So I think the aim that me and Alice, I, I know I'm speaking for you, Alice here, but I think this is the kind of thing you're going you're gonna to come off and go, actually, you said a whole bunch of stuff I really didn't agree with. Um, I wouldn't wait until after the recording. <laughs> no, <laughs> you just interrupt me whilst I was talking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the kind of feel we want to get is, you know, maybe get the odd, well-known person on. Um, and then, so like, five percent of the time get a well-known person on and then the rest of the time just get your or because i think they're the best kind of stories ordinary people's stories are the best kind of oh, stories yeah. um but i also think that having people who are well known gets your podcast out to more people yeah like i said like you know one of our main kind of things was to you know for people who have never really taken any kind of interest in um you know uh disability activism at all mm. you know to get them to listen is to have you know some guests that they may be a fan of mm. um and then Julian, like one of i think is one of the most like it was one of our shortest interviews and one of our shortest episodes but we had a musician uncle frank turner yeah who's yeah. a huge following right yeah. but, what was happening is he he had started doing partner work with gig buddies. So he was trying to arrange it for carers and uh, learn disabled people to come and enjoy his shows and make them more accessible and stuff. But what I found was really interesting is we were talking to him as he was like learning about this kind of area. And it was, you know, and hopefully that would have encouraged his fans who I'm sure he has loads of diet, like big fans who would listen to anything he's on. Mm -hmm listen to it hear about him learning about this kind of this world like world that was unknown to him like you know and them may, may be doing the same and may hopefully that is by them looking into some of our other episodes looking for other uh stable podcasts like this one uh, <laughs> uh, <you> know, <laughs> something like that um so yeah it's, it's it's a useful tool and i i i think we get a good balance and it is like we say, like actually, the biggest reactions we tend to get are from the you know lesser known. I'm doing quotes, <laughs> lesser known um, guests that we have on um, because you know they, as you say, like have maybe a more perhaps relatable experience. I'm not. Yeah. Not well, I, sure. I, I yeah. think you know Tom's family story and Tom's mum's story is a pretty sort of eye-opening story and so it is that kind of I think for a lot of people just hearing those stories from ordinary people kind of it's the not not there by the grace of God but you know that it could that happens to everybody element that is the thing when you are talking about disability you know at some stage in your life you know you are likely to become disabled or have additional needs at some point in your life, whether it's aging or whether you get, you know, run over by a bus or something. 
you know, there is all that always that possibility of you could become a member of this club at any given moment. And that that whenever I say that to anybody, it sounds like I'm a mafia boss with a <laughs> but i always say that if it can happen to the bloke who played superman it can happen to anybody do you know what i mean it's that kind of and i, I don't know whether it is like a morbid fascination with oh like i i don't know whether our podcast is a bit like oh i wonder what what their story is and it, whether it, it plays into that question of or I wonder what happened to them, or whether it is just like a, a, a valid interest in, I want to learn more about this. I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, and there is, there are people within the true crime sort of interest community who want to listen to true crime stories so they can go, oh my God, that's terrible, and like, oh, are people awful, and that person must be insane. Um mm. And there are people within the true crime community who feel like there is an element of unif that, that unifying, you know, crime can happen to anybody. And so yeah. understanding it and hearing those stories is giving voice to victims and taking time to, you know, be aware of the risks of other, you know, that the other people may face but it's it kind of has to come from both ends you've got to deliver it in the right way and you've got to consume it in the right way i guess i guess that would be where we maybe differ as a podcast in a way just because we do tend to stick to say like autism and learning difficulties where it's less of a like we don't tend to have a kind of there's not you can't it's un it's, it's not, not a really kind a, of all oh, what happened to you kind of thing it's uh and it, yeah and it's not necessarily a case of that this will happen to you when you reach a certain age so you need to take notice of this i think maybe for me and jack at least it's been a bit of a i mean it's developed so much since we started it but it's kind of just been this like there is there is this group in society that no one is talking about but that terrible things are happening to all the time yeah. and it kind of you, you, you it feels like you're sort of banging on a door and it's never going to open yeah. and then and then you put the podcast out and and people on twitter start to chat to you and they're from that same community and suddenly you're hearing people's stories and i think that that's like i guess that's where the, the, maybe it differs because we don't tend to go down the like physical disability route very often so there's less of a kind of we're not necessarily trying to convince the public that, you know, this could happen to you. We're just kind of being like, this is, this is basically, I mean, we, we talk about human rights a lot in a yeah, kind of, yeah. in not even, not in a sense of like, we, we get it out and we go like, I mean, human rights is a very uh, <laughs> difficult area in a lot of ways, but like you, just this human rightsness, the human humanness of mm -hmm. people's lives and what's happening. And I think for at least why we started it. And then once you start it, you, kind of it's difficult not to come back to every episode it's just this it, can you even believe and i guess it's similar in a way to true crime of like this is happening like you need to know but it's mm. more like look at this look at the look at the structures that are in place that are making just being a human who happens to have learning difficulties like really difficult and i think that's mm. like where our podcast maybe I'm, i think would I think though actually the the true the overlap with true crime is still there because you know you look at um for example very topically at the moment um Sarah Everard's story I knew you were going to say that <laughs> it's it's 
you know, that has caused a lot of people, a lot of women to start speaking out about their fears of just walking out alone. And it is, that's a, that's a social thing. That's a, a, a sort of socially sort of structured culture led thing that a lot of people, a lot of men don't realize is something that genuinely worries a lot of women and genuinely a lot of you know won't walk out the house on their own won't go for a run even at half past five after work because they're worried about their safety and that is kind of institutional in in the same sense of that you know, just what i'm trying to get at yeah 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 no 100 percent. i think um again I, that that comes. I saw something really good that comes back to that intersectionality thing we were talking about earlier. Where um, Jack, you're gonna have to remind me of their name. The, the travel blogger that we had on the podcast is it Carol Ann Lightly or have I? Carrie Ann. Carrie Ann Lightly. Carrie Ann. Carrie. Yeah. She's Carrie Ann. Is my Carrie Ann is my boss. <laughs> oh well, yeah, well that's um, the, the, the tweet that she put out yesterday evening about the um, story and saying that she was being goaded by like a drunk man yeah. on a train and then. Once he like went to do something with her wheelchair and she was like, oh, can you not? And he, he sat, completely changed his tone. He sat in he... her wheelchair yeah. and oh. she said, he, he said... Yeah, she told us the story on the show, I think, didn't she? Yeah, I think I can't, I can't remember. I've slept since then. Um, sorry, carry on if you're listening. Um, <laughs> could be worse. You could have forgotten her name. I saw it. I thought Carol, Carol yeah. and Carrie, I think. Carol, yeah, yeah. So, but basically, the 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 man in question sat in a wheelchair, and she basically told him to get out because that's mine. And his demeanor completely yeah. changed. And she, you know, so so you know, it's all right to be a woman, but if you're a woman in a wheelchair, it's like we're completely off limits. But there, I mean, there have been times where I have felt when i'm when i'm on my own if somebody like if i'm if my if the person i'm with goes oh i'll just nip into the, that shop and i'll leave you having a cup finish this cup of coffee and i'm left on my own i suddenly feel very very vulnerable because i think if anything like e even to the point where if somebody touches my wheelchair and decides to like you know move me i feel very vulnerable because i know i can't fight them off and it's yeah. that's not even going down the sexual assault route that's just like just sitting there minding my own business with a magazine kind of thing it's it's frightening really one of the scariest things that ever happened to me was sitting in like a food court thing in my local shopping center with the dog and the dog like was off harness but um tied to the table she had her harness like i propped it on the chair next to me so it was very clear everybody could see it and they could see the dog yeah um and a bloke came up to me and stood really close between me and her harness and started talking to me and asking me about the dog and asking me stuff like that and it was only after he left that i realized that the contents of my gym bag were on the floor and he'd basically been like rifling through my stuff whilst talking to me mm -hmm. and using the fact that he could see that i was a guide dog user and that you know my dog was not currently working as an opportunity to take advantage of me. Thankfully, I don't put my purse with my sweaty gym clothes, but you know, it doesn't change the fact that no. there are people no, no. who who go, there is a disabled person there, I will take advantage of them. 
And I think in terms of like what that means, I get again to, to bring it back to allyship, I guess, in a way is like that. I think I can't speak for Jack, but I can speak for myself. And I imagine the same for Jack that as this podcast has gone on, those sort of these big social moments that are happening, these brilliant pushes for change, be that BLM, be that the current sort of movement around women and safe spaces. I think you make more links to that. These are, these are often coming at for a specific type of woman or a specific mm -hmm. type of person. And sometimes, and of course it's still very relevant, but I think there's always that, that tweet from Carrie Ann was a prime example of like, that's actually the yeah. first time in this whole discourse in the last two days, I've seen someone make the link that it's, it is different for her and her experience yeah. was different to these yeah. experiences being put out there, but it's as important as, as tells us as much about how men are behaving and how men are making women it's feel. Almost, it's, it's almost like, isn't it? The way I feel about it is it's almost like, yeah, this happens to women, but it, it won't happen to disabled women because why would anybody find you even attractive enough in the first place to even attempt to try and do something that kind of thing well i think perhaps that you have to be aware that when those kind of things happen to disabled women it's different from it different, yeah. the way that it happens to non-disabled women um yeah you know and i think i mean that's part of the problem with um you know all the press that is coming out around sarah everard is i'm have have yet i haven't personally seen anybody but i'm waiting for somebody to make the very valid point that she's a nice white lady and has any but where is the uh huge national press about the lady who you know a person of color who perhaps does sex work to feed a drug habit whose disappearance and murder is just as shocking and just as you know preventable but that doesn't make headlines and it's yeah, I think, and i think like yeah for, for me and jack i guess that's like one of the areas of we aim to with our podcast like to, to be trying to not necessarily we haven't done an episode on on something like this it's not um it's not an area we've we've looked into as of yet but like just making these links of that the discourse is great and it is needed but there's also areas where it does fall short as it would because yeah. it's a national campaign be that whichever one it is and i know that like just attempting to bring in and you know bring more voices is always going to be a good thing and i guess that's where like we can take a back seat but we can hopefully maybe bring people on i know we've yeah. for other issues we've not again i, I don't want to make a statement about the current movements because i i don't we've not we've not done an episode on that and i'm not gonna yeah i think i think as well you know have being a, a, a podcaster with a disability it's quite for me it's quite a, a, it's quite an empowering thing because you know people people in the mainstream people may not um talk about issues that affect me or you know things that i am concerned about so if nobody's making if nobody's banging that drum or well, give me the drum and, and i will make some noise about it myself and it's quite an empowering thing mm. i don't know what your thoughts are Alice, to go okay nobody's talking about this have you know let me tell you about xyz yeah. well and i yeah. think i think one of the things that i always think when you i think about the people who are telling stories about disability the people who are you know say raising saying things and it that are putting it out in the mainstream it's stuff like you know radio 4 and 
I don't listen to Radio 4 and they're, no. you know, not that there's anything wrong with Radio 4. My dad, big Radio 4 fan, but my dad's in his late 60s. And I was, you know, one of the things that I wanted from our podcast is that I want to hear my voice and, you know, the experience of people my age and the topics that mean things to me, not the topics that are important to the people who were at the top of the pile looking at disabled and dis sort of looking at disability and disabled people and going well this is yeah. what must be important to them yeah and i think a powerful thing about a, like a podcast like you're saying being empowering is you know that someone is plugging in their headphones and they are intently listening mm. to you like you're saying with like things at radio 4 that could be just something that's on in the background mm. but podcast you know that someone is intentionally taking the time to listen to yeah. what your thoughts are and what your experiences are yeah, yeah, yeah. as opposed to it just being a thing or like it's just not nodding passive, like it? you're talking to someone and they're just nodding going mm-hmm. this is someone who is actually actively taking time to listen and learn these things and I think yeah. that's like like you say that what makes podcasting in particular feel quite empowering if you're doing a podcast that's you know trying to tackle issues and um like shine a spotlight on different aspects of life whatever kind of topic it is you're talking about um it's a real powerful thing um and as we just i guess the just the challenge is is making that to bring it back to this third time just talking about it too much um (laughs) you know that you're wanting it to kind of expand out of just the kind of disability community who you know may already have experienced and understand a lot of the things that we're talking about where there's such a massive i mean let's say you know majority of people probably have no idea of some of the challenges and discrimination and just everyday ableism and stuff that goes on that they have no idea about when i tell my able-bodied friends about things that have happened to me before they're like they'll go i can't believe that and i'm like why can't you believe why can't you believe it yeah well and i think there's also a there's definitely like you're looking at my parents for example you know my parents experience of disability is me and so you talk to them about you know even just talking to my mum as i was getting to know lucy about lucy's um experiences as a wheelchair user it's just kind of you know it's all new it's all something yeah. that she'd never come across before you know my mum's an I, intelligent lady she's been out there saying, it's like it's like with me i had not really had any experience of anybody none of my friends are visually impaired and so when i met you alice it was like i've got all these other things to, to consider so like and i'm i'm i i'm not scared about going is this all right can you you know are you able to see this but um i I am definitely learning lots from alice and i'm learning a lot just by doing this podcast and letting other people go i'll tell you what it's like to be me and that i think i'm growing to be a better disabled person do you know what i mean and i don't mean that as a as a i'm cured kind of way i'm i mean that as a I am becoming a better ally because mm-hmm. I now understand. So absolutely, um, I can't help but 
turn into podcaster mode. So I'm just wondering, something I've kind of seen a lot uh, mm. kind of coming up recently is kind of uh, parents in kind of terms of allyship, if that's the mm-hmm. word. And, you know, I've seen some people trying to kind of silence like parents' voices within, you know, activism and things. I'm just wondering, you know, do you have, what what are your kind of views there on like, how do you feel about your parents kind of saying what they think in terms of like disability rights, etc.? Is that something you think should be? Like... My mother will. My mother will have has no qualms about telling me what she thinks about anything. Um, but she she has always been incredibly supportive and will fight my corner when I need it. Um, particularly, but as an adult, she's kind of like it's up to you Luce you know what do you if you need some help I'm here to help you I'm here to support you um obviously when I was a child it's a bit different because I I wasn't able to you know I wasn't able to understand really but it's like um I can relate this back to when I was at school um they used to have like a pediatrician come in every so often like once once a year just to like see how I was growing and I was sitting in my wheelchair, whether I got any pain or anything. And they were always pushing for me to have my tendons cut in the back of my legs. So my feet would be flat on the floor. <laughs> and um, because they, they swore blind that it would make me um, walk better and all this kind of thing. And my mom said, and she still tells me this to the to, to this day, she'll say, she said, unless you can guarantee me 100% that Lucy's life will be better because of this, then we'll go for it. She said, if you cut, if it's anything less than 100%, I am not making that decision for Lucy. And if Lucy wants this, she will make that decision when she's a, old enough and able to, to take all that information on board and make her own mind up. I am a wimp, so <laughs> I don't want I don't want to be like my tendons caught. I don't want to wear plaster boots on my feet. I don't want to be in hospital, thank you very much. So and I'm happy as I am. I'm happy, you know, I have the odd ache and pain. It is something that, you know, I'm happy being in it. You know, my mom always says you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Um which, I mean, she's been, inc- my mum and my parents have been incredibly supportive. They've always said, you know, it's completely up to Lucy what she wants to do. And any decisions about my care or anything that would affect me later on in my life, my mum has left it until a point where I could, Lucy makes a decision. So she's never, she's never gone, oh, this is my daughter and I know what's best. I do know people that have had that experience. Um, and they've been, you know, kind of, no, they become known as a bit of a busybody and wrapping them in cotton wool. Whereas my mom's like, no, Lucy's her own person. She's got to, um, you know, make these decisions herself, which I think is the right thing to do. I think it's really interesting for me because um, my parents are no longer together, and I think I'm fairly certain neither of them listen to this. Um, <laughs> but on the off chance that they do. I am going to be a little bit careful of how I talk. <laughs> um, but my my mum and I are incredibly close and my mum and I are very similar in a lot of ways. But my mum has 
the tendency to be the, my mum is the sort of person who goes oh wow at something that's a bit inspiration porno my mum is the sort of person that you know when I told her about Lucy and I was getting to know Lucy and I was like oh you know she she worked for the BBC for a while and she's done hospital radio <laughs> and stuff like that and my mum went oh and I was like Alice Alice, can I just let you know that is the correct response? When I, well, yes. When I tell people I used to work for the BBC, I want, oh, wow, well, I don't want to... No, nah, but it, my, my, <laughs> my mother's response was very much tied to the fact that you're in a wheelchair and you worked for the BBC, right. not yeah. you worked for the BBC. Like, I was more like, she worked for the BBC, she's actually bothering to speak to me. Whereas, <laughs> you know, the, whereas my dad is very as you said loose very kind of it's it's me i do i do what i want it's my call it's my life and he's you know he's more distant in about it but in a very supportive way of going well you know i don't care as long as that's what you want to do if you're happy as long as you're happy mm. um and i think part of that difference is because my mum because my mum and I are so close, she's the person that I've gone to and I've gone, this is really hard, I can't do this, this is, you know, and she's the person that I've shared my difficulties with, whereas my dad is the person who I haven't seen as often, who, you know, he's the one who gets the phone call that's like, oh, these are my GCSE results. And it's, that's amazing. I haven't seen you for six weeks. I know that you've been working really hard and you can't see, well done, that's awesome. I'm really proud of you. Whereas my mum is the one who's sitting at the kitchen table with me going, I can't read this textbook. This is really overwhelming. And yeah, yeah so it is, it's, but I have a, I have a thing about um, people talking on behalf of people with disabilities. I technically what my job is, is advocacy is that being you know, the, the difference between instructed and non-instructed is that if there is a person who doesn't have the ability to be able to communicate and tell you what it is they want, that your role is to say, well, this is what I think that person would want. And I think that there is, it, it's, I think a lot of parents find that very hard because it's much, I think, much more difficult as a parent to be able to go, well, what actually would my my child even if it's a, a grown child what would their choices be here and not be influenced by their own feelings and experiences about a situation yeah did you see that tom did you see that we're the inter we're being interviewed <laughs> i flipped it around as a single question and we got a delve deep delve into the lives of the hosts and their relationships with their parents you can hear more of this exciting style of questioning on the challenging behaviors podcast available wherever you get your podcasts we're still learning to it i don't think you ever stop learning no no oh yeah you are you are calling like things will crop up all the time and you're like i was not expecting this uh, I think when we started, we, me and Alice did not understand quite how much paperwork there would be. There were quite a few meetings about st 
<laughs> These are Planning. all things we haven't ever done. <laughs> I mean, the most Any extreme. The, the only thing we've ever done for the podcast has been any effort was we once went to London on the train. <laughs> That's all I can I, think of. Well, Tom, Tom went to London once. I've been to London three times on the train. <laughs> Ooh, fancy. Ooh, yeah. fancy. You see, yeah. whereas me and Alice have yet to meet one another, yeah. um, because we are still in the lockdown, and people say, "How long have you known Alice?" Uh, not even months. a year, yeah. <laughs> not even a year, and we've not actually met each other in person yet. So, um, oh, imagine what that first meeting's going to be like, though. Oh, there'll be lots of gin. I <laughs> well, uh, so much gin, I forget. I can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you so much for joining us. I know. For this episode. Thank, yeah, thank Thanks so for having us. us. Yeah, popping so. our uh, guest cherry. Yeah, you're very welcome. Uh, and like I say, we'll, we'll, we'll perhaps have to look at get, getting you, getting uh, you back. back on to do some yeah. additional stuff. Yeah, yeah definitely. sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've got several questions. Like, how long do you record for, and how much should you drink? Uh, this is, it was like two and a half hours or something. Yeah, in the beginning we do like three because when we didn't have guests and it was all like in house, yeah. as it were. We'd yeah. record like three in a row and we'd be drinking the entire I mean, time. It seems weird to say it because we've only done them on Zoom in the last like, and I'm sure you guys have all done it on Squadcast, like, but we used to, because we're all from the same place, like we used to meet up for a day, like on a Saturday we'd go, we'd go to Adams at 12 and then be there till eight just recording and, and drinking. So by the end, it would be a bit questionable really, <laughs> the, the conversation, um, yeah, so but now it's just an hour on Zoom, really, with whoever fancies it. Yeah, different, different world. Uh, I um I did uh, Jamie McAllister's podcast only last week, week before, and I'm such a lightweight. I had one gin after my dinner, drinking it whilst sort of we were recording. So I'm nursing it for two hours or something ridiculous. And I said, I I said something on Twitter. Um, about how I was embarrassed of myself so to such an extent that Jamie has sent me a message to be like oh are you all right hun like you don't need to be yeah. embarrassed <laughs> it's like, it's like, no, I'm fine. basically, I'm basically <laughs> Alice went off without me and embarrassed herself yeah yeah because I was drinking and it's just what I do I'm not used to she being out on my own she... anymore she makes me sound really mumsy and boring, doesn't she, really? No, it's not that. It's just, it's, I get loud and obnoxious, more loud and more obnoxious when I drink. I mean, who doesn't? I, <laughs> That's its purpose. That's true. what it's for. This is an excuse. Now I can be a bit of a bellend. I have, I have been grateful, like, within the first 10 minutes of this show, I was like, oh, Jack said, finally, I'm not the most sweary person on the show. <laughs> I, I think that's another thing that kind of works about uh, our podcast is Tom is great at doing the more political chat, and then I just say things like "bum all" every now and then. <laughs> I guess yeah, some. But yeah, I think you undersell your uh, your politics sometimes. I just get away with it because I'm doing the degree. So you're doing the just, degree, yeah. I can just, I can just, I can just claim I know what I'm talking about. No, it's been so great to uh, actually sit and talk to some other podcasters about <laughs> podcasting, to be honest, because a lot of the time I'm like, are we doing it? Are we doing this right? Are we, is, 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 it, is this how it's supposed to go? Oh, we're not um, the people to ask about that. It's 
just nice to have other people that do it that do podcasting as and also go know. we don't know what we're fucking doing but we're doing it anyway yeah. it makes us feel better so thank you so jack tom can you tell us where we can find your podcast for anybody who's listening uh yeah we're at challenging pod on twitter that's pretty much the only social media we use and you can find us on any you know podcast emporium uh we're probably there i imagine um <laughs> i'd hope so we don't do episodes that often. We're hoping to do them in like little groups of little runs. Um, and it's just basically whenever we have time to do it. Tom's a busy boy doing all his homework. So, uh, yeah. Not, no, we, we'll, I'm sure we'll have like a run at some point in, yeah. in the next six months or something. So we will be, it's the Twitter will come out from its hibernation and suddenly. We'll start retweeting and liking things and you'll know it's coming. I think that's how we can. (laughs) But there's a good backlog of stuff you can listen to uh, somewhere in the 30s. That's you, Jack, isn't it? I'm I'm in my 20s. (laughs) (laughs) Just. Brilliant, guys. Well, thank you so much for your time uh, this evening. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thanks. Thank you, guys. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to The Labelled Podcast you like the show please rate review and subscribe you can follow us on social media at labeled podcast our thanks go to our editor adam hall our music composer Maisie crunden and our graphic designer sarah coney we'll We'll see see you next time. time